I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which we are recording, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. The land was taken by force and was never ceded. Always was, always will be. Aboriginal land. Welcome to Said and Undone. This is a series of conversations with creatives who are advocating to make their industry more diverse and inclusive. I'm Alana Barker-Thompson, cinematographer and production company founder. Today I'm talking with Jenny Davis, who is the creative director and founder of Drex Studios, which specialize in 2D explainer videos and marketing content. Based in Hamilton, Ontario, Jenny challenges industry norms and nurtures creative communities. As a co-founder of Mothers of MoGraph, she advocates for inclusivity and meaningful change in the motion graphics field. So welcome, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being the first guest on the podcast. I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you today for a couple of reasons. Uh, firstly, because you're the first person that I've interviewed. And secondly, because I'm so excited to hear all about Mothers of MoGraph. I'll start by talking about how we met, which was on an onboarding call for RevThink. And yeah. for anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's a community that fosters the growth of creative studios. As soon as I saw you on the call, I was like, oh my God, another woman. I have to connect with her. <laughs> so what were you looking for when you joined that onboarding call with RevThink? Yeah, that's a good question. I run a solo studio um, as well. And I, you know, I'm always trying to learn and understand the business of this business better. And Rev Community, they've got a great podcast and a lot of really good information. And I think it was just a like an opportunity to kind of like sit in and un- learn from the best. Yeah, they offered space in their community and it's like that's been really nice and they're they're being very supportive, which is nice. It's 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 good to be able to connect with other business owners and especially when I see other female business owners that come from similar backgrounds. It's nice to be able to reach out and just, you know, connect. It's been great seeing what you've done since I first met you on that onboarding call. I've just seen you go from strength to strength on LinkedIn. And now you've just gone and created your own community, which to me is just so impressive. Can you tell me about Mothers of MoGraph? So Casey and I met like very randomly through LinkedIn and she was just looking for other moms in her industry. And it's, it's, it really is rare. And although our industry is changing slowly, it's been a very one-sided community till now. And I think there's a lot of women in general that are are popping into into the scene and it's nice to see it's nice to see other voices and hear their voices as well and yeah we just you know there's a lot of parents out there and there's certain disadvantages or advantages that you have of being a parent in any industry but particularly in an industry that's so like fully based on technology and you take one step out for mat leave or whatever and you come Mm. back and it's like Okay, so what is this? That's right. you got to start from scratch because it's one of those industries where if you say no to a job, then they'll hire someone else and then that relationship's built with that person. And then, totally, yeah, it's so hard, isn't it? You've got to keep like hustling the whole time whilst also being a mother and a partner and business owner. And it's a lot of hats to wear, isn't it? Yeah. Mother's Omograph has just been this wonderful passion project of Casey and I and um, you know we've created the Slack channel and the Instagram 
it's just been really great. And it's nice to be able to connect with other women. And it's really nice to be able to connect with other parents. The one thing that I learned from like Rev community, for instance, that like everybody's struggling. So then you put it into a group of mothers and you're like, oh, okay, so, okay, I'm not like, I do know what I'm doing, kind of like everybody's struggling. Everybody has their good days and their bad days. So Mm. It's very reassuring, isn't it? People don't talk about it. I think people like to project strength and success. And there's just so much power in opening up and going, actually, this is really hard. And then you can start to have those conversations and find ways to support each other. That's been a big thing for me lately as well. What are your hopes for Mothers of MoGraph? What do you want it to become? Everything. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Casey and I, you know, we, we started off from, it was, she just posted a question like, are there any moms out there? Um, And it very quickly spiraled into a month of us just like doing everything. And we were creating like this brand and we were like, we were trying to figure out what we were doing and reaching out to people and like contacting people. We, We each met a bunch of women from that original LinkedIn post. And it was really great to connect with a community like that. And uh, and then I think we both sort of had this like overwhelming sensation. It was just like, there was just so much. And she's in um, the United States and I'm in Canada. So it's like things get a little bit tricky. So we just decided to, to pull back for a moment and just let it grow a little bit organically at this point. Um, and I think that's what we're doing for now, for now. And, um, you know, we're taking, we're taking baby steps, but we're taking the right steps and we're trying, you know, we're building the community first and we're trying to understand what it is that these women need and want and what we want and taking it one step at a time. That's awesome. And I can so relate to it. You know, I'm in an online coaching group. There's a couple of women in the group, but it's overwhelmingly men. And quite a few of them are parents, which is great. So they do get the struggle and the juggle of running a production company and a family all at once. But a few months ago, I just was finding it really hard. And I made a post in the group and I'm like, can any of you please hook me up with another mother that is doing what I do and killing it. I need someone to look up to that's found a way to make this work easy for themselves. And, you know, I got a couple of responses with a couple of people, but like, there's just, there's just not those mentor figures out there. Like it's almost like we're the ones that have to figure out how it works so we can help the people behind us, because that's what I'm really missing right now is someone that's like really nailing it and has young kids. Cause I've got a two and a half and a four-year-old and I just need to see someone else that's like really killing it to go okay it is possible you know it's hard to to reach for something where you don't see yourself being represented and that's not only for women if you can't see yourself it's really hard to aspire to be that and there are some incredibly talented and and now super vocal women that are that are mothers that are like popping out and it's been amazing to to talk to them and to connect to them like Amanda Russell's on on our on our Slack channel and she's killing it. I think she's recently realized that she's finding her voice and I think that she's also understanding like you like how important it is to be vocal because there's just not enough 
women that are vocal about it. Just before we started Mothers of MoGraph, I was in, that, uh, in North Carolina at the Dash, at Dash Bash, which was also incredible. And there was, you know, some amazing speakers that were talking about inclusivity and just being more open. And Marcella from Newfangled Studios also just, you know, blew me away with, with she's a mom. She was just pouring her heart out about the push and the pull of her, mm-hmm. her career and her, and her, and her family life and, and understanding that there are things that are more important and less important. And, mm-hmm. and I just, I just left that feeling like, okay, I, I need to do something. Like I need to, I have so many bottled up emotions about our industry and, you know, being like a career driven woman and mother and, many thoughts on it and I just thought it would be a good time to talk about it and then in come Casey so (laughs) it was just um it's just perfect timing that's awesome and it is it is that push and pull when you said that I was like wow I just relate to that so much yeah she said that and I was just like oh my god yeah that it's that that's you know there's some days that you're you're 100% amazing at being a parent and there's other days that you're just not and you have to focus on you know you've got deadlines and clients and you know some before women sort of entered the workforce as like a necessity because I don't think there's a lot of people nowadays that can have only one parent working not even gonna get started on like single parents like that's just like a whole other but I think when women didn't have to, weren't part of the workforce, then they were expected to do all of these things. And then we entered the workforce and we were still expected to do the same things, but also mm-hmm. excel at our jobs and be a hundred percent on our job. And it's like the, the, for the last few years, there's just been this like picture of this like superwoman, you know, and it's like, that is unattainable. And it just like, that's not possible. You can't be mm-hmm. that person you can't be that person every day for everything. It's not um, without having a nervous breakdown or burnout, which is so prevalent in our industries. But, you know, this leads really well into my next question. And and it's just, it's so great to talk to you about all these things because these are all (laughs) the things that I go through on a weekly basis. But what are your thoughts on the, you can have it all statement? You can't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, We've been fed this lie. It's a lie. It's like this, it's like, I I put it on the same level as like, um, like overnight success. Like what is overnight Mm. success? You know, you you don't see the blood, sweat and tears going into it. And yeah, um, it's the last two steps out of a hundred or, you know, yeah. like somebody today posted on my, on my LinkedIn post that that they said I made it look easy. And I'm like, this is not easy. This is like, (laughs) this is years of self-doubt. This is years of me like figuring things out and understanding how um, I work and how things Mm. work. And it's like an accumulation of things that Mm. now come relatively easy, but they are not easy. They, you know, it takes a lot of work and I, I just having it all doesn't, doesn't exist. That's, that's Instagram talking. That's Pinterest talking. And, you know, it's interesting, uh, this article popped up in my feed the other day. I think it might have been from the ABC, but they were talking about the whole boss bitch phenomenon and, like, how we're, like, you know, out there Ooh, killing it and, like, pushing it. Yeah, yeah. And so this article was about the snail girl era. And I was straight away, I was like, oh, 
that really appeals to me. <laughs> it was What's like about snail girl era. Like I, never snail, heard I know it's so funny. They have all these buzzwords and everything, but um, it's like the opposite of boss bitch. And it's actually looking after yourself and prioritizing self-care and going slow. And like, maybe you don't need to hit all these goals in this set amount of time. Maybe you can take your time and actually prioritize yourself and your health over, right. you know, pushing in this like boss bitch way to achieve okay. everything. And it was like, hmm, that kind of so appeals like- to me. <laughs> but I guess what I took from it was just like you can still like hustle and still try and hit all these like goals and things you want to achieve, but like maybe also focusing a little bit more on your self-care and making sure that you're maybe you're taking days off where you don't check emails or, you know, you're making sure you go to the gym or meditate or any of the other millions of things which are impossible to do as a mother. Yeah, I'm not good but, at any of those feed things. yourself. Yeah. I feel like at this point, I just don't, I don't even know how to relax anymore. I have tried to make an effort to like cut down my hours at work or at least, mm. at least cut them down enough so that I'm like, when my kid's home, then I'm focused on her and I'm not thinking about the millions of things that I need to do for the day. That's important, isn't it? To trying to be present when you've got all these deadlines and things swimming around in your head. It's, it's yeah. challenging. Yeah, I wanted to ask, I was reading through your bio and you talked about (laughs) how, (laughs) bios, they're so funny, aren't they? (laughs) You talked about how you advocate for inclusivity through your business. And I really wanted to hear how you approach that. Yeah. So again, like I think the the sequence of events over the last few months have really highlighted for myself what is important to me. Now there is a bit more of a pull there's a lot more women in in animation and in motion graphics, but when I was starting out, there wasn't. And I've never had a like a female boss before. You know, it th- those are things that it just it seems silly, but it's not. And I remember when I was pre- I was pregnant with my daughter, and I was working at this big company. I had a, I had a wonderful team, and I mean, I I really I mean, if there's anything that I miss, is I miss the people on that team. But I remember being pregnant and not having anybody to talk to. There was one art director that she was a mom. She was on like the the print side, so she wasn't in motion, and she, she was not my direct boss. I had actually nothing to do with her, and I just like I, I came to her one day and like I'm gonna need to talk to somebody now. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, That's she awesome. was she was so kind and and like mm. kind of held my hand through like a panic attack and it was uh (laughs) yeah but I think you know it's I want I want to have more of that and I want to see more of that in companies and I want it to be more more common like I don't Mm. I don't want you to have to like find like these diamonds in the rough kind of situations and um like again like I run a solo a solo business so I don't have anybody on staff I work with a roster of of freelancers and I've got a few that are pretty consistent and if I want to see that change I need to make more of an effort to find the people that I want to include so instead of being like oh I have this project and I know x can do it because he because he's super vocal and like I can see him all the time and blah, 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 blah. I need to find the people that are maybe not as vocal because they don't have an opportunity to be or they have self-doubt or imposter syndrome or they're just, you know, they just don't get the same opportunities. So like those are the people that I would love to be able to find. And it takes a little bit more digging. But once I find them, it's been like, it's been so great. I, I really enjoy it. That's awesome. I'm nodding so hard that my neck's hurting, but like everything you just said, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I'm the same with my business with Set and Well, Amazon. I saw your business. Like, yeah. I think you got here. You have like a full female staff, no? Well, it's not a staff. They're all freelancers okay. that I work with. Um, I'm the same as you. 
yeah, uh, yeah. one day. But yeah, it's um, you know, all women and um, gender diverse people, and I just yeah, I want to try because in camera it's ninety five percent men, so I'm yeah. trying to make sure that on cruise I crew up with ninety five percent women or gender diverse people just to flip those stats upside down. And the animator that I work with, Cordelia Brown, she is incredible, amazing. But I do only know one other other than her here in Melbourne. I'm sure there's more, but yeah, send me, send me your (laughs) list. And that's what's important is we can like share these resources. And this happens to me all the time where people are like, yeah, we really want more diverse uh, camera operators on our list. And it's like, great. I've got the contacts just like, you know, I will share them with you. And it's just, yeah. And you're so right. What you said about them, maybe being, having more self-doubt or imposter syndrome or not being as vocal. And I think that's where we can come in being a little bit older, Maybe we can be their hype people. Yeah. You know, I never really saw myself as like that person, but I don't know. I guess maybe I am. I don't know. I, I do really want to be able to be there and, and help like the younger generation. I feel like we're aging mm. ourselves so much. It's like, oh, we're so old. Um, it's like <laughs> yeah. not that old. <laughs> it's fine. It's like we are. We're still um, young. I, I think it's important to step to step up so that there is more space for people that are smarter than me. I mean, mm. there's so many women out there popping up. I mean, Shay Lord is, has, has been taking over uh, like LinkedIn, like in our industry, like she's starting to talk about finances and how to charge more and talking with mm. clients. And, you know, there's Haley Atkins from Motion Hatch, which is like, she's been a leader in our, in our industry for, for years now. Like I remember listening to her when I was starting out. That's awesome that you have that. I don't feel like I have that as much in my industry. So that's great to hear that. I think your industry is a little bit like, I think it's still a little bit further behind. I mean, I think it's more physical. And I, I mean, I saw you, I saw you with those cameras and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, it's why my neck is, um, (laughs) I can't move it this morning. So, (laughs) you know, it has its drawbacks, but yeah, I was about to say, you know, I, I can sense hesitation in you when you're talking about being vocal and stepping up. And I just, I wonder if that's a similar hesitation to what I've had. Like, can you talk me through what that is? Like, are you afraid of making too much noise or if it, you know coming mm-hmm. back on you or like can you talk me through that is that what you're feeling yeah I have in the past yeah definitely yeah I didn't um, want to make too much noise because I just didn't want to one draw attention to myself and two I didn't want to upset the people who hired me and like I just didn't want it to come across in the wrong way 100% I mean I think we are we are trained to to be silent and I can see it with young children like it's like like the little kids like the the boys you know and I'm generalizing obviously but they they tend to have this like I can do it all mentality whereas the little girls tend to like start being more quiet more quickly and you know girls go through puberty first and that's like awkward and weird and you see it with girls nowadays like 10 and 11 and 12 look like I like I didn't even look like that when I was 25 it's crazy and the expectations that are put on girls to look a certain way and behave a certain way I feel like it seeps in a lot quicker to to our state of mind and it starts young I mean it starts from the toys that you see in toy shop and the like you Mm. know the pink is for the girls and the blue is for the boys and the boys all have these like science things and toy cars and whatever and girls have dolls I just think 
that it's something that it's ingrained from us, whether it's intentional or not. It just it just happens a lot earlier from the television. I mean, thank God for Bluey. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> um, shout out to to Bluey and yeah. they're they're fantastic. It is the best story, Australian story made. Writers. Well yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um, represent. Yeah, it's it's a favorite in our house and amongst the motion design community. So. Mm. Yeah, so I think it's something that's kind of ingrained in us from very early on, not to not to speak up and not to be heard. And I think there's like a, a heavy imposter syndrome that like we're not good enough, and it's hard to break through that. And again, like you don't have the role models, so you just don't see yourself at that level because there's nobody that you're aspiring to, kind of thing. And I think it kind of it's all ingrained. And I, I like I think I'm just you know, like I'm hesitant about it. Cause like, I, like, <laughs> who am I? The whole I can thing. Relate. I can, I can 100% relate, but you know, it's great to see that you're doing it. Has something shifted that's allowed you to be more vocal? You know what? I just, I, I came to a conclusion one day that I have things to say and I'm going to say them and I'm not going to be able to please everybody. It's funny, you know, this whole being scared of upsetting people, you know, it's something that I've felt as well. And that's held me back from doing things like this. But, you know, I listened to um podcast recently by a friend of mine, Amy Pearson. She's an amazing photographer and web designer and she does branding, but she has a podcast called Brand Conversations. And on the one that I was listening to, she was talking about the power of attracting but also repelling people from mm-hmm. your brand. And yeah. that was a real light bulb moment for me where she was like, yes, you need to be attracting your target audience, but actually repelling people is also really important. Repelling the people that don't align with your brand. You know, it's getting comfortable with that act of repelling, I guess, through being who you are or being vocal or whatever. And they're people that you probably don't want to work with and you can't please everyone. You know, there's something, I mean, yeah, I think I learned the same thing from, you know, Rev community. They were talking a lot about positioning and all that stuff and like niching down and all of those things. And it's such like a scary word because you're like, oh, if I niche down, then like, you know, I'm not going to be able to serve all these people or I'm not going to connect with all these people. And it's like, I don't want to connect with all those people. This is important to me. And if it's not important to you, that's that's okay. Like you have other things that are important to you. So like go do those things. Well, I might just ask you one last question. What advice do you have for people who are feeling isolated as a creative, which I think is every creative ever, and that is seeking out community? What is your advice to them to find community and support? I think reaching out. um, Like I have been very lucky in finding some amazing people through uh, like different Slack channels and Discord channels, working with different freelancers throughout the years, you know, we've connected and stayed and stayed friends. You know, I've got a like a few people that I rely on heavily for like the mental support and the creative support. Um, and uh, I would just say, reach out. It doesn't, somebody ignores you. That's fine. I reach out to people all day and they ignore me. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's fine. People will answer you in the end of the day and connect to people like truthfully. Don't pop in their inbox and say, oh, I love your very, your work and have this like very generic, generic, mm-hmm. like connect with them personally, like talk mm-hmm. to them. Like they're humans. They're, you know, we're all the same. We're all trying to figure things out. And I think most creatives enjoy talking to one another. Yeah. It's um like I always say, if I'm ever like mentoring or working with, you know, students and stuff, it's like, just like be brave, do it. Just reach out to someone and ask for a coffee because 
most of the time they're actually going to say yes. You know, and I've, I've found that, that when I do ask to connect with people, they generally say yes. And it's like incredible to just take that risk and the rewards that you get back is just, it's so worth being in that uncomfortable position of putting yourself out there. I mean, that's what I did when I started posting on LinkedIn. I just, you know, I, I just started reaching out to different women from different industries, including you. Like, I just like, yeah, this is a woman is doing something that I want to do that I like, she's doing something awesome and I need to talk to them and like, let's share our journeys. And here we are a year later running on your new podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah, together we're stronger, right? You know? Yeah. So exciting. I can't wait to see what you do with Mothers of MoGraph. And I'm going to continue. Wait to see what you do with the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to continue watching you from afar. And yeah, thanks so much for being my first guest. Thank you very for the exciting. I'm, I'm very honored. Awesome. And is there anything else you want to say in closing? Thumbs up. <laughs> Just giving a thumbs up yeah. <laughs> for those that can't see. <laughs> thanks for joining me for Said and Undone. If you'd like to see links to anything mentioned, you can find these in the show notes. I'll be back next month with another interview. So drop us a follow so you don't miss an episode. And please leave a review if you liked what you heard. 